Welcome to Bigger Than The Game with Deremy and Jose. I'm Deremy Dove, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, a.k.a. the kid. Uh-oh. Mr. Jose Ruiz, what's going on? What's up, Deremy? How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm, it's good, man. I see you're bringing the, the glasses back. Yeah, yeah. I had them on. I, honestly, it's just I forgot to put them on that episode, and it's all good, though. I've had them on ever since, so. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting. I don't know if it's glasses on, glasses off with Jose, so it, it's throwing me for a loop. You got to keep them guessing. You got to keep them guessing, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we want people... Uh, Listen, we did our episode on Wayne Gretzky recently. We did the 83 Sixers. We did our episode looking at the Dear Mama uh, docuseries. So please uh, like, subscribe on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, and like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or ever listen to podcasts and spread the word about our show. So yeah, you can want people to listen. Yeah, exactly. And you can catch us on social media as well, on Twitter and Instagram at Bigger Game Pod. Let us know, you know, we love to, you know, conversate about the episodes, obviously. I mean, that's why we're doing this. But we also want to talk to everyone else that's listening. So, you know, if you want to jump on, you know, on social media, let us know what you think. Uh, again, we're always open, like, to hear what you want to hear. You know what I mean? If there's an episode, a game that you want us to break down and, and dive into, we'll be more than happy to, to take any suggestions for sure. So, Jose, this one is, is something that it's just so interesting because when I think of 90s baseball, this person is the one I think of first and thinking of just how he transcended the game. But it's just interesting that you look at when he came into the league, he came in back in 1989. I know. You know, and then you fast forward 21 years, this guy in the middle of uh, June drives across country and just that's how he announces his retirement. And I feel like from then on, his legacy is kind of, going up and down and it's been forgotten and it's like it becomes a resurgence and then it goes down again. But, you know, King Griffey Jr. to me was the star, one of the big icons in sports in the 90s. And I'm excited to talk with you about what made him so special on and off the field and why we think he's not getting that same recognition today. You know, it's funny, Jeremy, that you mentioned that we just did the Gretzky episode. Uh, so check the archives. Check them. So in that episode, we talked about, you know, Gretzky comparing Gretzky to like Michael Jordan and that popularity. Uh, I think even like we talked about, we referenced that Bo Jackson commercial where, you know, Gretzky kind of came in and slid in the scene. And I feel like we can hold Ken Griffey in that same category of like Jordan, Gretzky, you know, he was the equivalent for baseball. You know, in my opinion, you know, I'm not calling Griffey the greatest of all time and nothing like that, like like we do these other two, more arguably, like we do with Jordan and Gretzky. But again, for our generation, you know, it was either Bonds, you were either a Bonds guy or a Griffey guy. Like it, you couldn't be both. Like there was no, I didn't, I haven't met anyone that was both. You know, and I I think when I look back to see when I look back at the '90s, I go with Bonds first because I'm a I'm a Bonds guy, but. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you 100% there. I mean, like, you, there's no way you can't think about Ken Griffey Jr. and the impact, Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr., excuse me, and the impact that he had on baseball, on marketing, promotion. Like, I, I haven't seen anything since Ken Griffey in the 90s, to, before that and, and today. Yeah, on pop culture all around. I Everything, mean, yeah. From The Simpsons to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, to the video game, 
to Nike putting a shoe behind him and no baseball player had had like their own shoe line. Um, I think about, you know, there was an actual, you know, it lined up with the presidential election, 96, all the Griffey 96, like he's running for president, you know, all those posters and how huge that was, you know, it was just was amazing. And he was an icon, a superstar that crossed over. And there's so many people then. And when I talk to people who's our age now, who either they were from that eight in the nineties, they were either in their, you know, 10 to high school to college years. Griffey was the reason that they got into baseball. And once he faded away, they stopped watching baseball. Like it was a Ken Griffey Jr. effect that to me, baseball hadn't had, like you said, before or since. Absolutely not. And just a sidebar, his sneakers were the best baseball sneakers that I remember. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Obviously before, I can't remember anyone else before that. But after that, I'm having a tough time come, trying to come with like another player because they're still selling his sneaker. Now they're just remaking them and changing the colors and stuff like that. I had the original in 96. I'm going to say that too. Um, okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I got a good story on that. But um, yeah, no, like I, you know, we look at, and it's funny because we mentioned in a previous episode, I can't remember where we were talking about Mike Trout and how great Mike Trout is, but Mike Trout can walk down the street probably in certain areas and nobody's going to know who he is, you know? And mm-hmm. that's the difference of today's baseball and what it was back in the day. And it's like, Griffey was not able, was not going to be able to do that. Like nowhere. I don't care where you were at. You put him in Japan, North Philly, California. Like he was not going to be able to do that. And I just think that one, I think baseball was a little more popular back then, but two, like, I just think he was so great and, and we'll get into all of this, but like just all the characteristics of Ken Griffey Jr., like how cool he was, like, you know, like he was just a kid, like you mentioned earlier in the show, and everybody loved him, you know, and I don't think we're ever going to see that again. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, again, we have players like Trout, we have so many great players, and there's still like, there's not that love, love affair like it was for guys like Ken Griffey Jr. back in the day. Well, that leads to, and I definitely want to go to hear your story about the sneakers. So, I, you know, for people listening, we're, we're going to hear Jose's story. It's not, a, but, it's not a great story, but it's just. But, you know. It's a Jose but, con artist at the a teenager. I conned my sister, but go ahead. Go ahead. But <laughs> <laughs> what? Because, you know, looking at it in sports, you have guys in football. Throughout, there's guys who were cool. You even look back to like Frank Gifford in the 50s to definitely when Namath came along. Oh, yeah. Guys who were cool in football. Basketball had guys who were cool. Will Chamberlain was cool. Dr. J was cool. Walt Frazier. Like- Walt Fra- yeah, Walt Frazier was cool. Like So there was guys who like epitomized cool, which is like the ladies love them, but the guys want to be them. It's hard for me to think about like in baseball if guys who – there's popular athletes, guys who touch, but like who were cool, who hit that whole thing where kids try and they hit on like, hey, from fashion to how they played to how they walked, how they talked, and the ladies left like guys who really had the full package, like King Griffey Jr. before him, right? And he wasn't, he wasn't like a real brash, cocky player either. Like he had some flash to him. Don't get me wrong, like. But if you're comparing them to guys back then, like Bonds had a lot of like he was very cocky, you know. Um, very cocky. Yeah, very cocky. And um, 
Like Griffey was not that, you know, there was a Frank Thomas was like that. He wasn't real cocky either, but um, we did an episode on Frank Thomas, check the archives and, um, check him. but he was so great that it just, what he did, it just looked so easy too. like, you know what I mean? That's what I remember so much about Griffey. And, but what strikes me is he, if I think if he was like a real arrogant, pompous type of player, like, this this lore or this love affair that we had with them or a lot of people had with them would have not been there. I think that's what hurt Bonds and other players like that. Um, but I, I just think that him being the way he was, like like just like triple C's, right? Like they, you know, calm, cool, collected, and and he was just so great while being able to to be like that and do so much, like so many remarkable things on the field. And just played off like it was no big deal, man. I think that like just added to it as well. You know what I mean? Like it was just because at that moment, like you had all these guys coming in baseball and, you know, you had all these real cocky, especially in the outfield. Dudes were like making catches and celebrating and stuff like that, hitting home runs and watching it for a little while. And, you know, he he did some of that, but he didn't do it as nowhere near as like a lot of other players in the league at that time. So I look at it because it's it strikes me interesting because. Reggie Jackson was some people felt thought thought he was cool, but like you said, he was brash. He you know was in the media like look at me, like he's in me. your face, yeah. And he's also was disliked by a lot of people too, right? You know, and then I I can think back to Mickey Mantle maybe, but Mickey I don't think he didn't have the appeal. I know a lot of like white guys love Mickey Mantle, and it wasn't the global effect that like Griffey had, where every like you said. No matter what, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, you love, you know, old, young women, children love Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know if Mickey Mantle, and to me, he might be the closest guy I think about. Maybe, that. maybe like, DiMaggio. DiMaggio had like, Dima- that's a good one. DiMaggio good had one. the coolness, and he had the ladies with you know Marilyn Monroe, and he looked good. Like you know what I mean? Like he was always dressed. You know, really, that's a good. Yeah, I can give you DiMaggio. Yeah, and he was you know again like very similar, right? Like just really everything. I mean, again, we didn't see him play, but just everything that we've I've read and you know watched of him and highlights and things like that and documentaries, like everything he he was cool, like he was just a cool guy out there and every he made everything look easy too. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's yeah, and that's why I, that's a to me that's the person I was thinking of the most. No, yeah, because I even like as great you know, and DiMaggio might be the best, and he played in the forties because um, right, you know Willie Mays like on the field. Reminds me of Griffey, but Willie Mays was like the the kid, and I know Griffey had that, but he was just like Willie's just a guy who loves to play baseball. Yeah, like look at Willie like go. Griffey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at Willie. He just loves to play. You know, it's like okay, but Griffey had like just that cool. Everyone wanted to be him, and I can't tell you the people growing up, but even now as an adult, and people, you know, I can think about when we started the show and we do a baseball episode. And people who have reached out to me and said, you got to do Griffey. And they, I can tell you, it's a rainbow coalition. People of all ages, different yeah. colors, different religion, background, who like that was their guy. And them even saying they stopped. They haven't loved it since. That's when Griffey went down. They went away from it. It's just incredible. And, and I think you're right. He had everything. And it went from on the field where I've never seen – Every facet of the game, he made look easy. Like, he's a five-tool player, but he made all five of those tools look so incredibly easy, Jose. It was incredible to watch him. 
No, it was a lot of fun to watch him. And and I, I'll, I'll say this, Jeremy, right from the jump. Like, I'm not – I like Griffey. I wasn't, like, his biggest fan, right? Because I'm not saying he was great. I didn't, I 100% knew he was great. I know he's he was a great player. Again, I was just – there were so many arguments with me and a couple of friends of mine I'm thinking about right now who were huge Griffey fans, right? And it was just me. I was the Bonds guy, right? I wore 24, then I wore 25, right? Because Bonds made the switch. And it was just, it was a really good argument, right? At that time, early early to mid-90s. Well, mid-90s for me. But, you know, having that conversation of who was better, Griffey or Bonds, Griffey or Bonds, Griffey or Bonds. And then for a while there, you know, it was a good back and forth, you know. Um, and we all know what happened with Bonds and what, what changed everything, but... And again, this player here was a part of like why Bonds was like, you know, had made the switch and, you know, allegedly was on steroids and things like that. But, you know, going back to what you were talking about, like the 5-2 player, like there was other players like that, like Bonds. Like there was a bunch of other guys who were like that in the league. And I keep going to Bonds because to me, that's where I, that's my first example when I hear, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. But to, and that to me is like greatness, right? Like, Again, like you can work hard and become a 5-2 player and be really good at it, but you can see like with a lot of players, it's like hard work for them. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it takes a lot of effort. You see them, and I'm not saying Griffin didn't practice, nothing like that. I'm not I'm not saying that, but like as fans, you kept hearing how natural everything was to him. And it just to me, it just got embedded in my mind, like that it was just this is how natural it is. Like it was just a kid and like and it just looked so natural it's crazy like now that i'm even thinking about it i just get excited like you know just thinking about how great he was because it was it just looked like he was out there just messing around a little bit like it didn't even look serious for sure and i think it's interesting because i think for everyday players those are the top two in my mind for the decade of the 90s now to look at their career from 2000 on it's really hard because Griffey yeah. aged and went down. Bonds, of course, he accelerated, but then the steroid allegation. So it's really hard to judge their careers overall because of what the you know with Bonds. But I look at definitely that comparison from ninety to ninety nine. Those are the years where it's like interesting to see who was better, and they both were sons of former big league players. You know, both yeah. had that kind of you know pressure. I feel like what people don't talk about enough is Griffey had that phenom kind of feel. I'm not going to say it was the attention that LeBron got, but for baseball at that time, it was a LeBron type of thing where, hey, he's this is Ken Griffey's son, and he's coming along. He's dominating. People were talking about him at age 14, 15, and it was a lock that he was going to be, you know, after his senior year of high school, the first pick of the amateur draft in Major League Baseball, and people wanted to see what he was going to do. Right, and if it was, if there was social media and things like that, then yeah, he would have been like the Le- like a LeBron and all these other like like a Kobe, like all these other high school phenoms that you hear about and you already know that are coming into the league, and you're you know like they're going to be great players and they're going to come from high school to the league, you know. And that again, that's that's a very difficult thing to do, but I know. I've mentioned this on the show before a lot, and like you mentioned, like both their fathers were pro players and 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 good players too, you know. Um, but I always go back to my theory, man. Like I always feel like the son is always going to be better than than the dad for the most part. Um, 
Now that's not every like every example, but because again, like the dad comes, like you know, he's he has your pro like your normal like I don't say upbringing, but like path to the to the league, right? Like he's got to struggle, he's got to you know what I mean. But when the dad makes it, the son is not going to struggle with none of that. He's going to get top notch coaching. He's going to get top notch equipment. Like so, I think it just makes it a little bit easier for for the child to like, which is which is kind of why I'm I'm kind of split on it. See, I'm not, man. Because I feel like as an athlete, the son will be better. Or, you know, we look both gender. The daughter will be better than. Right. Because, yeah, we're more advanced. But the big factor is what you said, which is it's, it. well, I won't say in some ways it's easier. Because other ways it's harder because now there's pressure. Right. You're known as so-and-so's son or so-and-so's daughter. So in that way it's harder. But they're not struggling the way that the parent did, where the parent is, they have that grind, that that tenacity. The child doesn't have that fight in them. So I feel like, as far as like who's better, it, it and we don't have, we're going off the dome here. We right, don't right. have because it's different sports. But I feel like who's better is more of a question for me. Whereas who's the more athletic one is always the the child. We just we advance more in time and technology and training. So as the athlete child but who's better I, I feel like it could be up for a debate not with these two yeah but in in general yeah and I, I just think like with Griffey as well like he had like that it factor that people talk about with Derek Jeter and a lot of these other players that he can handle the media he was able to handle the media at a very early age like it was just it was again very smooth like it, the way he communicated like again with difference with a lot of other players where you know you treat the media like like shit and the media is going to turn on you eventually and i think griffey never got that until later on right like until he went to cincinnati and he started to fall apart but that to me was like another factor of like why folks keep him at such a high regard like our in our generation because again you really didn't hear a lot of people like bad mouthing him you know what i mean like because again he was great on the field off the field he was fine like it was just he was just a he was the face of baseball and that's exactly what baseball needed was like a guy like just like Ken Griffey and, and he knocked it out of the park. Not no pun intended. No. And, and, and that leads to something that really strikes me, you know, when we, you know, a few weeks ago decided we wanted to finally tackle Griffey is something that you say on, I say, but you definitely have brought it up a lot is we still see it to an extent, but now with from social media to streaming and all that, you know, it's less, but that, that West Coast bias and that small market bias. And to me, what's impressive is in the decade of the 90s, for Ken Griffey Jr., the way he played and his swagger, his charisma, it makes sense. But he's doing it in the tip of the Northwest in Seattle with the Mariners, who not only, you know, geographically, they're way out there. But also, they're a team with no history. Right. It's not like they have, oh, well, back in the 70s, they had this in the 80s. No, they were a, a team that came out in the 70s, and it was bad baseball throughout their whole time to the point where when Griffey comes in 89 and 90, there's talks about, hey, the kingdom's not selling out. And it's a few years where Griffey single-handedly is turning this thing around to keeping baseball in Seattle. And that, to me, is what blows my mind. Bonds is in Pittsburgh, where there is history with Clemente and those teams like that. Uh, really Stargell. 
you know, he's not in New York. He's not in L.A. He's out in Seattle doing this thing, Jose. Right, and in Pittsburgh, there's great fans. Like, they're, they're selling out Three Rivers, and, you know, I, I'm not saying they're selling out when the Pirates were terrible, but they were going to show up, you know. And, again, in Seattle, this is still fairly fresh, you know. Like, 20 years as an organization is not – not a long time you know it's not there's not there's not too much history there so you don't have that like die hard generation that's going to show up anyway like we have like in philly and other major markets but in baseball to do that i think it's so hard you know what i mean like in i think in, in basketball it's that's much easier to do to like carry an organization because again like five players if you're the best player like your team's going to be successful. Right. You know what I mean? Like in, in football, again, it's the ultimate team sport. But if you're really popular, like the NFL generates a lot of revenue and you, you, you know, eventually you're going to get good. But in baseball, man, that's, that's a difficult thing to do, man. And like you said, he kept that, he kept that organization like out in the forefront of everyone's mind in baseball, all the baseball fans, because we all knew, yeah, they sucked, but, they got this guy in center field, number 24, man. He's a bad dude, man, and I'm going to watch him. And and a lot of us, and we've talked about it before, a lot of us stayed up to, to watch that for sure. Right, and that and that's what I, you know, think about in which I was just, man, how he got me into baseball and even like part ESPN, Sports Center, Baseball Tonight because baseball, summertime, so as a kid, off from school, so you're staying yep. up later. And you want to see Griffey. You want to see the highlight. My brother and I, we want to see what he did. Did he make an amazing catch in the outfield? Did he, you know, hit multiple home runs? Like, we want to go see him. Look at him rocking the uniform. Those, you know, especially when they they wore the teal sometimes. It was just cool. And I'm like, man, that factor where I'm staying up late to see what did Griffey do, or I can't wait till the next morning to see, you know, Stu Scott's going to be talking about, look what Griffey did that night. And do you think that was part of the appeal that he was out in the West Coast so we didn't get a chance to see him all the time? Or do you think if he played on the East Coast, would he be greater? Or would, it, would it kind of dampen, if you know what I mean? Like, would it yeah. kind of like we see him all the time? Like, do you think the West Coast kind of, in a way, added to his appeal? I think it added to, like, his lore, right? Like, we knew he was great, but like you said, like, I – you know, he wasn't on ESPN every night. You know what I mean? Like, he just wasn't on there. But he, they were on there often. And I I was the same way. I would stay up for baseball tonight. And, you know, I wanted to watch all that. And, it, like, I, like, we were talking, like, you know, by the time baseball tonight came on, they were, like, in the third inning. So, throughout the show, you're getting, like, oh, in Seattle again. Like, here comes Griffey up 2-1, gone. Like, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. And it's, like. You know, throughout the show, you're getting highlights of Seattle. Now, at that point, and the Angels and all those teams out there, right? So, me, for me, not able to see him all the time, like, it, it added to, like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's got to be so great. Like, look at his numbers and all this stuff. But, again, I didn't, I don't see him all the time. Like, like I saw Bonds play all the time. I saw, you know, like Frank Thomas play often. You know what I mean? Like, I saw... All Ryan Sandberg in Chicago play often. Like I saw all these players play often. I didn't watch all like Griffey's games and I didn't watch, you know, Dodgers games and things like that. And even those Dodgers teams, San Francisco, I saw them when they played the Phillies. Like I saw them often at that time. There wasn't a lot of interleague. Like at the early on, there was no interleague. So right, right. the only time we got to see him, home run derby, all-star game, 
you know, things like that. And or if you stayed up and he was on ESPN and you're catching that 1030 game. So I think it added for me, it added to like that lure of like, ooh, he's like so great. This guy all the way in the Northwest, you know, um, what about you, Demi? I'm, I'm curious. I, I think it does. And, and that's why I think makes him even more special is I feel like for back then, that wasn't the norm. I feel like, you know, if we didn't see you, you're kind of talked about, but you're a little forgotten. And especially he's not with the Dodgers or Giants right. or he's not with a perennial winner. You know, like they, they got better in the mid 90s to later 90s, but they weren't a perennial like title contending team. So I feel like that's what makes it more amazing is he kind of goes on this rise and he builds this thing out in Seattle and everyone's talking about him. And he's affecting everything from I have my aunt out in Washington State. You know, she's right out there and she's sending Mariners gear when we want it. And, you know, I had it for the longest time, a Seattle Mariners hat, just because Griffey, you know, this guy. And I'll say it here. And I, th- I know my cousin who lives out there, like my aunt's daughter, listens to the show. So she'll hear it. That was a, honestly the reason why I was kind of close with her was like, you know, oh Griffey, like you, because you know Philly to Seattle, that's like the moon as a kid. It's that's, like that's literally the longest country. way you can go. Like, yeah, yeah. So it was like that was the connection. Was I mean, kind of the Seattle Sonics too? But I'll be honest, even though I love basketball, my first love more than baseball, it was Griffey, and that trumped it. It wasn't asking about Gary Payton or Sean Kemp first. It was about Ken Griffey Jr. And what's he like? And you get to watch him all the time and blah, blah, blah. And, can hey, can you send out stuff? And can we get a hat or a jersey or all these things? Have you seen him? Do you see King Griffey Jr. walking around, like, the street? What's that like? Like, that's a kid. Like, that made me, oh, reach out to her and want to ask because it's like you you get to see Griffey every night. And, right. you know, you look at it at that time, the Phillies are terrible. Terrible. You, you know, so it's like I don't like the baseball I'm watching. We get some New York stations. So, like, you look at the part of the decade, the Mets stink. The first part of the decade, the Yankees are good. Now, later on, the Yankees become good, and I get to watch all that dynasty. But it's like local baseball wasn't great. So it was like you're going outside, and Ken Griffey Jr. is the guy keeping you invested, keeping me invested and a lot of other people he was the Jordan of baseball. Like, uh, to me, that's what he was. And, again, I thought Bonds was a better player. I know you feel that way um, just based off conversations we've had. But I didn't feel like Bonds was, like, the Jordan of baseball. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't. I, I feel like – and, again, the people are going to be like, well, you know, Jordan was the best player in the NBA. Yes, I get it. But I felt like Griffey was that. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was, he was the man. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll give him that. You know, and and you made an interesting point, right? Because when I think about Seattle sports, I go Griffey first, right? Then I go. You mentioned the Supersonics, that Sean Camp, Gary Payton, like era. That's my number two, and then we go Legion of Boom and all that stuff. You know, number three because that's a little more recent. So, but he was also like the most popular thing in Seattle. When that incredible, like, great Supersonics run was going on, and they were making NBA Finals, and they were winning 50-plus games a year, and they were the most, one of the most exciting basketball teams in the NBA at that time, and, you know, folks really wanted to watch them play. But again, if you talk to anybody back in those days, like, you talk about Seattle sports, 
Griffey's the number one attraction. And, and you know, I, I've said it on this show a few times that, man, when, when the culture hits on every level in a city, like that doesn't always happen, and that's incredible. And, you know, the first, especially the first half of the 90s for Seattle, yeah. you have grunge and Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, and Pearl Jam hitting. You got, like you said, the Sonics are hitting. You got, you know, the coffee house thing. You got Microsoft. You have all these different things. But really, it's like Kurt Cobain, Pearl Jam, Griffey is what's coming out of, like, Seattle. Like, and it's a baseball player. Yeah. Like, that's where, like, he's at. Like, he's that iconic. And it's just interesting, like, there's a clip from the 93 All-Star game where MJ is there and he's kind of, you know, because he's in like a White Sox jersey. It's before he, he had won a third title. He hadn't retired yet, but he's at the All-Star game in, uh, it was in Baltimore, and he's in the AL locker room, and he's pushing people out saying, where's Ken Griffey Jr.? Where's Ken Griffey? He wants to meet Griffey. And it was this classic, like, nine, you know, you throw in, like, maybe Tupac and Jerry Seinfeld. It's like the 90s are, like, right there. Yeah. Like, that's what everyone thinks about. And, like, they're meeting and, like, signing an autograph. And Griffey, it's not like Griffey's like, wow, it's Michael Jordan. They're like two peers talking. Like, yeah. that's how big he was. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you made another interesting point earlier um, when you asked me a question. And if he played, like, on the East Coast, right, and that's, that's a tough one. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I think about that often. I think a couple players like that. But, like, if they played – I don't know, in Baltimore or because the Orioles were decent and they became pretty good in the later 90s. But, you know, if he plays for the Red Sox or if he plays for the Phillies, like, you know what I mean? Like, if he's on one of those teams, man, like, I don't I don't know if his popularity is like it's it's much, much bigger. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't even know if it could get any bigger, but it, I think it would be. You know what I mean? Like, if you start thinking of like, a lot of these other players that came along, you see how popular Jeter got, you know, because again, like he was in New York and, you know, they were winning titles and things like that. But if you put Griffey on a team like that and they're winning a championship or two and he's a big part of that and he's this marketing perfect person like that you can have and, you know, he's on bigger billboards all around. Like, man, like I, I can't imagine the hype that he would have had. It would have been tough to like, live up to that, you know, and I think a good part also is, like, that media, you know what I mean, like, they would have been on him a lot more and a lot differently than what what he had to deal with in Seattle, you know what I'm saying, like, and I'm not, you know, it is still media, but it's a little different when you start talking, like, New York and Boston and Philly and, you know, Washington, D.C., like, things like that, like, those, it's different media, you know what I'm saying, especially back in the day, and so I think he got lucky and escaped a little bit of that, but Man, if he was, whew, I can't imagine that, man. Like, how big would it that have been? Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's an interesting point you made because in the time, it's hard for me to imagine him any bigger yeah, I know. than what he was. So, like, I feel like in the 90s, if he played on the East Coast, popularity-wise, I think I see that being the same. Maybe it could be different, but I feel still feel like he's this iconic guy. What I think about when it comes to that point is if he played on the East Coast, Nat, once he retired, his legacy would still be a lot greater. Yeah. You know, because if you look at, he's on the in the Northeast, and if he did play for, we take the Yankees out, like you said, 
if there's a Red Sox, a Phillies, an Orioles, a Mets, you know, a team in like that range who are still kind of like viable. Well, I hate to say that. I mean, Seattle made the playoffs for the first time in 20-something years, This, which I was very happy for them. Yeah. But it, it's like it'd be hard to forget them because there'd be this, oh, we're going to honor him, and, oh, this team is good. Do you remember? And you're talking about the highlights. I remember when we did our Joe Gibbs episode, and that kind of was the first time looking at it on how important it is once you're done playing or coaching for your team to still be good and relevant because yeah. if if Washington has had good football teams since Joe Gibbs left, would he be talked about more and those teams be talked about more? If the Mariners were a good competitive team or they won a title after Griffey left, how much more would we be talking about him? So I feel like if he was on the East Coast, we'd be talking about his legacy a lot greater now than it is, you know. Right, and, and like a player that I think about that you brought up to me, you know, when we were talking, it, it's like McGuire, right? Like Mark McGuire and how, you know, the Bash Brothers were big, you know what I mean? Like when they were doing their thing. And again, we were mm-hmm. not around for that. But, you know, I mean, we were around, but we were kids. But, like, I I vaguely remember. I remember Jose Canseco because, again, like I, it was the first guy I remember with my first name. And um, But look what happened with him. Like, again, they were big. But when he came to St. Louis and started to do his stuff, like, he was huge. You know what I'm saying? Like, and St. Louis is not obviously not on the East Coast, but it's a major baseball market. It might be the best baseball market to to play for as a player. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that Big Mac and all that shit that, you know, obviously we all know why, you know, steroid stuff and all that. But, you know, he was doing a lot of the stuff he was doing in, in Oakland. You know, he was hitting bombs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what he was known for. But it was just so much bigger, you know what I'm saying, like, than what it used to be, I think. And, again, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, these older generations school me if you have to. But, like, I just think it's, like, that equivalent of, like, guys coming from out there. And it's just, like, and, look, I'm not, like, here to shit on, like, the West Coast. And I'm not starting that. Like, there's no, like – Biggie Tupac stuff, but no, no, no. You know, but um, I mean, we, it is. We, what we it disagree is. with that. Yeah, we, we wish it wasn't that way. Right. You know, we're not supporting that. Right. Oh, and hell have to no. cut you off. No, just, no, no. I'm glad you added up. that yeah. little disclaimer in there. But yeah, um, but it just it is what it is. Like especially in this time. Like I now I don't think it's like that at all. But I think at this time in this era in sports, it, it was like that. Unfortunately, and I just thought of that exa- as an example of like just if he would have made that shift. Which he almost which he tried, but at that point in time in Cincinnati, he was done. But I just think it, it would have had the same impact on him. Yeah, it's true because we we did an episode um, about Frank Thomas last year, and like he's in Chicago, but he's kind of on it's a big market, but he's on the second team, right? Quote unquote. And then uh, our buddy Jack Silverstein came on our first YouTube video talking about that, like, yeah, like. Sammy's doing his thing with the Cubs, and he Sammy does have the flair and charisma, yep. and Frank's doing well with the White Sox, but it was a different – Frank didn't have the charisma like Sammy, but also it's the Cubs and the White Sox. So it is that kind of like – that does matter, and to me it shouldn't, but it does, but that's why I give credit to guys when you overcome that and you still make an impact. That's even more impressive because – there's no way we should have been hearing about him 
Right. You know, unless he does this. And then to me, that equals, I'll be honest, we don't hear, people know Jay Buhner because of Griffey. Yes, yes. People know Randy Johnson, one of the great pitchers of all time. And not saying he wouldn't still be great, but like if Griffey's not there, are we really like talking about Randy? You see his numbers and it's, it's the same guy. Oh, Randy, that guy in Seattle gets, he's tall and he has good strikeout numbers. But we know Randy Johnson because of what Griffey had built. And let's be real. Early Alex Rodriguez, we know him because of what Griffey, the foundation he laid down there. And that's incredible that all these guys, probably they're a good part of their careers. We wouldn't know it wasn't for what Griffey was doing and the attention he was bringing. Right. Edgar Martinez, I'll add Edgar in right. there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like such a great hitter. And we didn't know shit about Edgar Martinez until Griffey started really doing his thing and Edgar was doing his thing. And you talk about Buner and you know, Randy Johnson, you know, Joey Cora, like this. Little little, little Joey Cora. And why do I know these guys? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I'm a big Seattle fan. It was because Griffey had them on national TV. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. we got to see these guys. And then, obviously, when A-Rod came and, like, they started to get, they were a better team, you know, but they were running up against, like, Yankees and Baltimore and Cleveland. Like, the AL was, they had a lot of powerhouses at that time, but. And Seattle was not not that, you know, but again, I agree with that. Like, I think it's like, like when I also look at, when I talk about hockey and there's like certain players where like a Sidney Crosby, like dudes, there's like, like guys like, you know, like Holmesburg and Kunitz, like they owe Crosby like half their salaries. You know what I mean? Cause he was mm-hmm, setting mm-hmm. them up so much and, and they were performing really well because a lot of what he was doing. And again, like he made those guys so much better, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying Griffey made those guys better. Well, he probably did when he was in the lineup and stuff like that, but, but he gave them a lot of notoriety because he put them on TV because folks wanted to see him. And it's just, again, I can rattle off a couple of other guys on that team. And it's just like, why do I know these guys? Oh, cause I wanted to see Griffey play. Or maybe, I, or maybe Randy Johnson pitch. I'll give the unit that. Like he was something to watch too. Oh, unit was something to watch. I just feel like the foundation was laid for then. It's like Griffey, and then Randy emerges with Seattle too, and then we're like, okay. Yeah. But I feel like if if Griffey doesn't go to Seattle, and the Manners have those years of bad baseball, but now they're bad and boring in those early nineties, I feel like they're not going to put Randy Johnson on you know, baseball tonight, or like the ESPN game of the week on Sunday night, just to, you know, you might, you know, cause it's hard to time that with right. like, is Randy pitching. Like, so I feel like that kind of was like, Oh, that helped all those guys get known. And now, Randy would have been known, but. And I, I'm going to even add with A-Rod, like A-Rod, the hype for A-Rod was generated again. Cause it was like another young, like exactly. Phenom. Like Griffey, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the, he was like being compared, not compared to Griffey, but it was just like, here comes the next one. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was because why? Because Griffey kind of like started that and, and, and like paved that like path for him to kind of like just come in and freely just slide right in. But again, it was because like, oh, here goes, we had this one young superstar. Here comes the next one. And what can these two guys do together? And I think Griffey made it a lot easier for A-Rod to come in the league like that. And we look at it, we got to talk about also, so what he's doing on the field. And I kind of want to, you know, ask you this because he is, 
as great as Frank Thomas is, and he should get it more. But Ken Griffey Jr. for the 90s era of baseball, so for a lot of like Gen Xers and maybe early millennials, he is what's saving baseball because he's that great home run hitter who is not associated with yes. the steroid era. And it's like if something ever, and I don't think it will because he didn't do it, it seems, but like if an accusation would have went his way, it would have destroyed so much. I think it would have like that that whole generation just goes in flames. And I and I hate to say it like that and not to be too dramatic, but I really do think he's a saving grace of that era of baseball now that we look back on it. It's really like it and I don't say the Derek Jeter because he wasn't a home run hitter. Derek Jeter's not associated with that. But Ken Griffey Jr. was a great home run hitter. And I feel like he's like a saving grace of that generation for people when it comes to baseball. Yeah, I don't think honestly, Jeremy, like and I'm going to say this. I, I think a lot of listeners are going to say this. I don't think that's dramatic at all. You know what I mean? Like, at all. Because as a kid growing up, like, all my favorite players were associated with that. You know what I'm saying? With, like, that steroid era. Like, I remember mm-hmm. they weren't, like, my favorite team or anything. But I used to love watching them play. It was, like, the Texas Rangers, right? Like, you had Pudge Rodriguez. You had Juan Gonzalez. You had Rafael Palmero. Like, you had so many. You had um, what's that dark skin guy? Oh, I forget his name. Whatever. Um, Julio Franco was on that team. Like you had right. so many like Latin players. Like it was like man, like all these Latin guys on this one team. You know what I mean? Like that's great. Then you get a Rod later on, and what happens? We found that that whole clubhouse was you know right. sparingly juicing. Not the whole clubhouse, but you know like most of those guys were were all juicing, right? Like you, you look at Bonds, right? That that was a tough one. You know what I'm saying? Because I once you started to notice it, like, it was hard for me to, like, argue that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't argue for him. Like, he's a robot now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you had, yeah. like, guys like Sosa, McGuire, like, all these guys. Then the pitchers, like, Clemens. Like, you know, there's so many names we can rattle off. Bagwell, Caminetti, like, that, you know, Houston Nationals run was, like, a lot of fun to watch. And it's like, ugh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, if you come out and go, all right, like, you know, if a report came out, that Griffey, da, 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 like, Dude, like, it would have been tough. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, for me, it was my whole generation was, like, fake baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going to really look at it that way. And it was, like, he's the one. Like, that's the one. Like, he's the one that, like, thank God. And, again, it's almost unfair that I'm, like, happy that his career – I'm not happy that the way his career ended. I wanted him to continue to play and put up a little more numbers and – it just he was a great player, right? Because we would have been able to see him more. Now he's in the National League, right? So, but it almost felt like, ah, like it's a normal way to go out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. Right? Like it was just like, oh, he's injured and now he can't play anymore. Oh, okay. Like that's what normally happens. You know what I'm saying? You get older and then shit starts to break down and then you can't play anymore. Not like these right. dudes that are like 46 years old and hitting 40 home runs. Like that's not real. You know? No, so yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, so that's kind of like how I look at that, like too. So I'm, I don't think it's dramatic at all that you're saying that, because I just feel like if he would have that accusation at the time, if you go into the early to mid two thousands, now not now, not twenty twenty three, Jeremy. If you throw his name in there, I'm done with baseball. Yeah. I would have been he yeah. he would have been like, and maybe I don't know. I would have been like that's too much to handle now, because then like you said. 
Dennis, like that's everybody. It's like a Rod, you got all of them, like Manny Ramirez, like all of them, dude. Like no, it's like now I'm holding my hat on Greg Maddox, and I'm not even coming. Yeah, joke, but I'm I'm just saying now yeah. it's like he it's like well, who do you got Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz? It's like that's where we go. go to now. Andrew like, Jones, Andrew Jones, and he's not. And I loved Andrew Jones. He was exciting to play, but like. I'll be real. It would have been if Griffey got it. Andrew Jones couldn't have brought me back. Yeah. Like, no offense to him. Like I, I, I would have been done with the game. And you look at it, and I ask you, does that hurt him? Because you have two big things that the game hasn't bounced back from, and it's not impossible. But we're thirty years. We're going on thirty years now, almost. It still hasn't, and maybe never will. With that ninety-four baseball strike, and then you have the steroid scandal. Does that hurt him? Even though he's not a part of that, he didn't have nothing to do with those two things. Does that hurt him? The fact that baseball has suffered from those two things. I don't. I would say this: it doesn't hurt him. I feel like a lot of fans think he's weak, like he's clean. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I do get that feeling. Like a lot of conversations I've had, like I think a lot of fans do feel like that. I just what hurts him. In my opinion, and I think this is I, I think this is what you mean. So I hope I'm understanding you correctly. But it's like how that like that steroid era and all that and the strike hurt the game as like overall. I think yes, it it hurt him that way because again, like a lot of people, especially after that strike, man, like a lot of people were done with baseball. And and I, if we're being honest, like that steroid era brought baseball back. You know what I'm saying? And um. But I just think the way a lot of fans looked at baseball, it definitely hurt. Like, it hurt. It definitely hurt Griffey in that in that way. What do you, what do you think, there? I think, and you're right. That that's that was my point. And I and I think that's what bothers me is that as far as he's he's an all time great. Is he like in that top five? No, and that's due to what happened later part of his career, the injuries. But I feel like. There's certain guys who transcend the sport. Boxing is not the same as it was, but Muhammad Ali, due to his legacy, he tra- it doesn't matter what boxing goes up and down, if it's whatever, he's going to be remembered. Mike Tyson, for other reasons, is so iconic. doesn't matter what boxing does. Mike Tyson will be remembered. And I feel like that's what bothers me, where there are some guys who they're, they're superstars and it shouldn't happen. That's why you have shows like like us and try to keep that thing going. But okay, yeah, the sport goes down and they're kind of forgotten a little. You know, um, they're kind of forgotten. But I feel like Griffey's in as far as what he did, iconic wise. He's in that DiMaggio, Ted Williams, Ruth, Mays, Aaron. Where no matter what baseball does, they should you know Clemente. They should never be forgotten. And Griffey, to me, kind of is, and like they should kind of hit that holier than thou status where King Griffey Jr. Every kid now, kids who didn't watch him play, should know who he is and be able to. Yeah, he played for Seattle. Like that should still happen, and that doesn't happen. That makes me sad. Yeah, me too. Me too, because we both know how amazing he was, and I don't think. Again, we talked about this with our Gretzky episode. Like, there's superstars and there's, like, 
another level to that. And there's like the mega star, like whatever you want to call it. And, and he was that, you know, he was that for a sport that didn't have much of that. You know what I mean? Like, cause even again, I'm going to go to bonds again. I think bonds. Uh, like, I don't think he was like eating cross, like mainstream, let's just say, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think so, especially in the nineties, no. especially in the nineties. Like, when he's hitting 700 and whatever home runs, like, yes. Cause then you, this is like, you know, like, you know, you're breaking news and you know, like this is the, this home run like record is talked about, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, and it's controversial. Exactly. Exactly. So that's definitely selling. And, but I, he, to me, he doesn't cross over. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I think at the time Griffey was the only baseball player that could do that. And he did it. You know what I mean? He did it. He was on different shows. Like you were mentioning earlier, like he was everywhere, you know? And I, I think other, the next guy was Jeter. You know what I'm saying? And then other than that, uh, you don't have anyone else. You know what I mean? Like there, there was no one else that can do that since. Now, Otani might be somebody that be able to do that now, but I think that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's because internationally, like he's like so big, but he, what Griffey did, man, like what he did for baseball, when he saved it, he saved it for sure. Um, and he helped bring it back with that, like all that steroid stuff and all that. But you know, his his greatness, like we were able to see that and understand, like hopefully, like this guy's clean and he was. And that's that's sad too. Like <laughs> you know, to have to like try to figure that out all the time. But that's our generation, you know. No, and I, and I think it's just interesting to see that a lot of people go. I don't want to knock Cal Ripken's moment at all because I think that's huge. And honestly, the older I get in life, hey, a big part of stuff is being consistent and showing up. So I think, like, I commend him, and that's a lot of games to play consecutively. And that's something that I don't think it will be broken. In a tough position, too. Like, in, a, in a tough, yeah, tough. Very, very physically demanding position. So I salute him. I think it's wrong, though, when people look at, I feel like the strike, 94, they come back in 95. People say, like, that, that is what kind of helped baseball and everything. That was a big moment. I, I know you remember that. I remember that. Uh, Bill Clinton being there. I feel like that was a forced thing, though. That was, what can we do because we're hurting this? Oh, he's going to break. If he plays, he can break the streak here. Like, let's just pump it. That was a media generate. No offense to Cal Ripken or people who were there that night, and they Baltimore people who love it. But it was forced. Ken Griffey Jr., what he was doing in 94 before the strike hit and going on record paces to then what he was doing coming back and being that type of player and honestly, you know, helping the Mariners in 95 come all the way back and jump on into, you know, the AL West and get that title and what he did in the playoffs, that is bigger to me. That He brought me back more than Ripken Streak. And I feel like he did that for a lot of people, but it gets spun, in my opinion, that it was Ripken Streak. Yeah, it wasn't because, again, like, that's great. Like, I, I knew that was great. And, you know, the whole walk around the, <laughs> the, the ballpark and was great. And I, I think – Kyle Ripken was a great player. Was a was a was a great player, but he's definitely one of those like overhyped players as well. But um, 
yeah, what he did was cool. Like I get it. Like I, I totally get it. And and I know even that year Griffey played like seventy games or something like that. Like he came, he was hurt, and he came later in the year. And like you said, like he helped the Mariners, you know, do what they did. And um, but if you look at what happened after that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like all like is it's shit that you don't see. You know what I mean? Like you know, the next year he went, you know, he hits uh, he hits three three oh three. 49 home runs, 140 RBIs. Damn. Yeah. Like, you know, and this is like Seattle. They're good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that offense is, is clicking, man. They have a lot of bats in that offense, you know, in that lineup. You know, next year is 304, 56 home runs, 147 RBIs, wins the yep. MVP. You know, the next season is 56 and 146 RBIs and 48 and 134, 40, 118. Like, if anything, what the steroid era did for him, he only won one MVP, and that's bullshit. Because again, all these guys right. were were hitting monster shots and and putting stuff like putting home runs out of the park, man. Like that, that can would hurt him more. Like if anything else, like statistically, like his numbers, if you can compare them to those steroid guys, and he was apparently not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Like so, if those guys weren't juicing. He's hitting 56, and the next guy is like 48. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, and now, at best. and yeah. now we're looking at him like, wow, like. So we're, ho- you know what? Like, this is kind of like hitting me now. Like, we're holding his career up in a higher regard if it wasn't for these guys juicing, man. Because again, like the numbers he was putting up were were video game esque, and these guys were doing even more because they were obviously cheated. No, and I I think you're right, and I. I look at it and I want to ask you. So, you know, that's us saying like what he meant for a generation. And he's the uh, on the field, off the field, a player of a generation. But he also, what I feel like what separates him and a bond and other guys is he has those moments. Like the way, you know, when you talk about Bo Jackson, people as short as his career was for football and baseball, you could talk about, hey, Bo running over Bosworth in that game in Seattle or, or baseball, you know, the Harold, you know, throwing that at the kingdom, throwing out Harold Reynolds or the home run in the all-star game. Like they have those kind of moments. Griffey has that. Yeah. And I want to ask you, is, is there one or a couple that stick out to you? You know, there's the 93 home run derby where he that's, hits it off the bridge. That's building. the one. That's my number one. That's your number one. Okay. Yeah. That's go the, ahead, go ahead with that. That's the number. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's no, no. That's the first one I go to because I remember watching that and I was like, "Wow!" Like you know what I mean? Like, and Chris Berman was like hyping it up, and and that's when like the home run derby was like really, really meant something, man. And he was like perfect for the home run derby. You said you couldn't hit the roof, the warehouse, but you did. You got all of that one, eh? Uh, yeah, wind ball. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. I was just trying to get it up and out. That was, the, I think that would be my number one. And then my next one would probably be when he made that catch and like kind of like did the thing on the wall and ran on the wall, whatever the hell he did. Like, you know, I think that would be my my second one. But that that home run in in, in Candy Yards, that's that's the one I go to. 
What about you? I know yours my, is different. So yeah, yeah. My it, um, that's the first home run derby I ever watched. Was ninety three. So that that was that a good one. The, yeah, and, and that's why in ninety six I I went when it came to Philly, and Bonds actually it's funny Bonds won that one in ninety six. Yeah. Um, but I I was able to go see that because of ninety three set the. I was like, oh, this is what the home run derby is? That's amazing. Yeah, because 96, wasn't that's when McGuire was putting them in, like, was it McGuire? That he, he was in, that was his last year in Oakland, right? It was 96? Yeah, last year? And he 96, was, yeah. And he was here in Philly hitting them to, like, the upper deck and stuff. Yeah, McGuire, McGuire was runner-up. Yeah. Which is, like, says something that those two guys, yeah, yeah. you know, what that foreshadows. But, um, right. Uh, my my number one is obvious, which is that whole series. I think because Philly and New York being so close, so that Mariners Yankees and that rivalry for a little bit of time was a special one because Griffey, which I loved honestly, him saying he would never ever sign with the Yankees. That's cool because yeah. of how they treated his dad and how you know Billy, which is something that, it kind of shows for sure who Griffey is like. The dad part I get, but like like Billy Martin yelling at him or something like is like he he has a, that memory. You I feel like he's a guy. If you cross him once, he ain't gonna let it up. On yeah, him. like he holds it. And so uh, that Mariner Yankee rivalry was something, and that series was just amazing. In '95, that was the first year of the wild card coming back. So the Yankees get the wild card, and it's two games in New York and Griffey. People forget, like we talk, we we look at that, you know, the slide at the end, and that iconic moment. But Griffey had it. If you look at what he did in that series, I mean, the Yankees could not get him out. David Cohn said, "I couldn't get the guy out. He was just hitting monster shot." But all those games went down to the wire, going into extra innings. The Yankees were up two zero. Then you go out for three in Seattle, and the Mariners win those three games, and they're all great. And you know, Edgar getting the the hit. And Griffey from first base, yeah, that base running he did, and he slides in, and that like that look on his face, and them jumping on top of him, and that saving baseball in '95 for Seattle is my number one. Win it with junior speed, the stretch, and the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez, swung on the line down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. Edgar Martinez with a double. Ripped down the left field line, and they are going crazy at the kingdom. And I remember watching all those games in that play. But my number two is a few years earlier when he tied Mattingly for having a eight you know eight straight games with a home run. Yeah. And when he got that eighth one and the ovation that he got at the Kingdom was like something else. Like when he it just was a, I'm a guy when you get like that ovation, it's like that's cool, but when there's certain ovations that like hit you like man, like this is a moment, and so like, and also because Griffey didn't really, he didn't ham it up. He wasn't, right. he wasn't a comfortable guy like that. So he gets the home run, and he kind of like waves to someone in the crowd real quick, and he kind of like tips his hat, and the crowd's just going nuts, and they're all standing, 
and you know they want him to take like another bow, but he sits down and then he's just like talking to his teammates. You can tell I think they're saying like you got to go. This is special. You got to do it. And the crowd gets louder, and then he just comes out and he gives like a quick wave, and then they're still on their feet like after he sits back down. It's just the longest ovation, but it's like, I don't know. I remember watching that, like, when it happened, and then, like, the Seattle broadcasters being like, this is how bad it was, you know, at the time. They are like, well, come on out to see him try to break it. We need, <laughs> we got some seats open, so tomorrow night he can break it. Come on. So they're still trying to, like, sell people to come to the ballpark, but that was one of those first ovations where I was like, Oh, this is something special, and we're watching something special. So those two stick out for me, like that I'll never forget from Griffin. Right, right, and and you need those moments as a great player, and that's where, you know, at the time people started se- separating him and Bonds a little bit, and because Bonds was, didn't have those moments, you know, um, the closest he got was again you were talking about Griffey scoring at that time, like it was him trying to throw out Sid Bream, you know, and so. <laughs> You know, slow ass Sid Bream, you know, and um, but no, you need those moments as a great player, and and Griffey had those, and unfortunately, I wish he had more of those like opportunities and and to to play in postseason play, and because again, it seemed like he he was one he wasn't one of those guys that was going to shrink in those moments. Again, he had an amazing amazing series against the Yankees, and um, and rightfully so, he was the best he was the best player in the game, you know, at that time, and um. Yeah, that was a good moment there. I, I remember the home run, the eight straight games. I remember that too. That was that was a that was pretty cool. And he was all over baseball tonight, in Sports Center. Every time at bat, he was they were going live to Seattle, right? Yeah, you know, yep. and and they had to do that. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna catch this. And we were able to watch it. You know, if not, we weren't going to be able to see all of that. So that that was cool. No, I I just think it's and and I, I think it's. It's still fair to call him Michael Jordan of that time. And even though, because I look at like Barry Bonds to me was kind of like Magic Johnson at that time. And I think Griffey was like more like the MJ. Right, because Bonds could do a little more. Like, you know, Griffey was 5'2", Bonds was 5'2". But I, I would give the notch to like Bonds when it comes to like, Bonds had a lot of stolen bases. Griffey exactly. wasn't that. And I mean, if he could have been, but he didn't. Right. I mean, if you look at their numbers, like, which I have, um, and, like, for their, like, averages for the decade from, like, 90 to 99, they're so close, dude. Like, so it's a, I think Griffey, Griffey hit, I mean, played 141 games, Bonds 143, 618 played appearances for Griffey, 615 for Bonds. Because at this point in time, Griffey was healthy, and he did not miss games. Again, 96, he missed, like, half the season. A little bit more than that, but that was about it. You know what I'm saying? Like Griffey was always out there too. Like that's another thing. And um, but anyway, so the, Griffey his average for the 
that game was 302. Bonds was 302, it looks like. Yeah, 302. Griffey averaged 38 home runs. Bond, and this is like for per season, like average. Right. Bonds averaged 36. Griffey averaged 109 RBI. Bonds averaged 108. It's the stolen bases, again, that, that kind of Griffey averaged 15. And Bonds averaged 34. You know what I mean? Like, so 100 runs for Griffey, 109. Like, they're so close. 109 runs scored for Bonds. Like, they're so close, man. And it, it, it's like, again, like, you can make that comparison. But what happens is 2000, Bonds, again, becomes a robot. And like, at that point in time, he was a full robot, Terminator mode. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Griffey was breaking down. You know what I mean? Like, so they were neck and neck. It was like I said, it was a good argument, man, for a long time to who was a better player, and you weren't wrong either way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what that's one of those like great all time debates because you're not the person's not wrong either way. You know what I mean? Like who who you're gonna go with, who I'm gonna go with, is is probably the correct answer. But any matter, like you know, there was no definitive answer. So, nah, man, Griffey Griffey was the man. Though. I, I'll give him that. No, and I think, honestly, what else separates it, and it goes to your point earlier, what we didn't think about, is the MVPs. So even pre, um, you know, like you said, I, I like your term, the robot, Bonds having those three MVPs in four years in Pittsburgh. Right. You know, uh, or, no, he had, he had one, of, one of them was in San Fran that first year. At 93. 93, yeah. Yeah, so him having MVPs like that, I think, kind of at the time helped the Bonds argument compared to Griffey having the one. And like you said, if we know now what we know, I mean, is Mo Vaughn getting that thing? I don't know. Yeah. Is that maybe going to, to, to Griffey. Well, he got hurt in 95, but right. you know, um, is Juan Gonzalez, is he getting, is, you know, Griffey could go back to back 97 and then 98 instead of giving it to Gonzalez. Uh, because I was had a just, nice year. Don't don't come at my Puerto Rican guy, man. He had a nice. Well, I'm year. saying, but we know what he's accused of. True. So let's so. look. So we can look at it. Look right. So, um, let me see here. So, so we look at ninety three. I'll, I'll even start from 90, 92, Dennis Eckersley won the MVP. Um, yeah, fifty one saves. I know, but ninety one, Kyle Ripken won it. He had 323, 34 home runs. Again, Eckersley, 92, 51 saves, 1.91 ERA. Ugh. Frank Thomas won in 93. I think that's deserving. Like, Frank Thomas won back-to-back, right? He won 94 at 353. Man, Movon hit 339 home runs, 126 RBIs. That would have been an easy Griffey type of season. You know, Juan Gonzalez had 314, 47 home runs, 144 RBI. And that's 96. 96, right. I'm sorry, 96. Yeah, I said 93, mm-hmm. my apologies. Again, Griffey, 97, MVP. Gonzalez wins a 98. At 318, 45 home runs, 157 RBIs. Well, wait, wait, so 98, give me Gonzalez's numbers. 318, batting average, 45 mm-hmm. home runs, 157 RBI. And now we can go 284, 98 for Griffey with 56 home right. runs, 146 RBI. Right, that's his MVP. Yeah, if you, you know Gonzalez being on the juice, like that's right. his MVP. Probably. I mean, you look at the next. Yeah, Pudge wins the next one. We all know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Jason Giambi wins the next one. We know what that's about in two thousand. You know what I mean? Like so. Well, who who won the NL in two thousand? Jeff Kent. Because two thousand is he's over in uh, Cincinnati. 
Yeah, yeah. But Jeff, so, and since in that first year in Cincinnati, he had like 45 home runs, I believe. 40 it was home runs. 40 and 118 for yeah. RBIs. Yeah. So that, that makes the – we definitely think he should have gotten two. Yeah. And maybe even three if you look at 99 and what he did. So that makes that best player of the decade argument even more interesting if you got three MVPs a peach, a, a peach, a piece for those guys. Uh, that it, it, I think people will be saying something different. So that's a good point by you that the AL, I mean, all of baseball, but definitely that AL MVP award was definitely going to a lot of guys who were on the. Yeah, on the on the on the gas. Yeah, unfortunately, you know what I mean. And um, but again, that's that's the era that you know he played in, and and that's the era where we grew up and watched baseball, man. And that's why, again, like thank God, you know, so far we haven't heard anything, and I don't think I don't think we will. But um, because again, imagine if he did, you know what I mean? Like these numbers will be outrageous, like. So I'm just glad he did it, and we have the one, a couple of guys, barely, but he's the one that we can hold, like, hold on to and, and understand that baseball wasn't fake in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So you look at it when in the 2000s, has that good first year, but then it winds up being very injury play throughout yeah. his time in Cincinnati. You know, he does have, like, a comeback of the year kind of moment in, in one of the years, but um, – I think, in fact, he wins comeback of the year uh, in 2005. But we're still, like, it's very injury-plagued, and he kind of bounces around later in the decade and then comes back to Seattle in 09. And, you know, and people kind of look at it as, like, oh, that's just, like, a victory tour. He's coming back home it's to sell some tickets to the fans. And he has some stuff where it's, like, he has like the quote unquote nap gate where people were saying some a reporter said he was sleeping during the game and some things like that where it became a little more distraction. But he has one of the most bizarre retirements that people don't really say where in the middle of the the, the season, it's June, he just packs up his car and he drives from Seattle to his home in Florida and like kind of announces while on the road, calls his agent, and says, "I'm retiring, I'm done," and doesn't tell anybody. And a Jose, what do you think about that? And then B, the second part of the question is: Is it is it a little bit different if he has a retirement tour the way like Jeter did or Mariano Rivera? Oh, absolutely, man! Like I think that's a big. No, I'm not saying he needs to do that, but if he does do that, that's remember, like, and that's that's the thing, man, like that. That adds to people like not forgetting about you, you know, like you doing things like that. Now, I give him credit, like he doesn't need to do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying those other guys did, but you know, he didn't, you know what I mean? Like, so he wanted to go out the way he wanted to go out, and you know, there's a few great players that have done that, you know, um, that could have went out and got these victory tours and got out of attention and gifts and all this stuff. But I I did I do I do think that that hurt him a little bit because um, he kind of just faded away, you know what I'm saying? Like literally, and, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, and and that's and I think that that's why a lot of people like don't really talk about him and and kind of remember him or or keep them keep his like I don't say his memory alive because he's not he passed away, but his career alive, you know, because it's just. 
the way he went out was like, you know, he was all banged up and he was playing on team to team, played for the White Sox and Cincinnati at the end there, and obviously, and then Seattle again. It's just, it was just weird for such a great player to just kind of like, just, just slide out like, like with not with nothing, you know. So yeah, I think that that definitely hurt him and his legacy a little bit. There's a story I heard someone tell it a few years ago. You know, Griffey's doing this cross country in the middle of the night trip. He's done. He's retired. Just packed up his stuff, and he's at a gas station. And someone else is pumping gas and sees him, and they're like, "This that can't be King Griffey Jr." So it winds up somehow like that person's connected to Jay Buner, and Buner and Griffey were teammates, but they're also very close very friends. Very close friends, yeah. So Buner gets the call like from this guy being like. I feel like it's like a random small like state town, like you know this little town. He's like, I feel like King. I saw King Griffey Jr. pumping gas. It's like a real nice car, but it can't be. Why would he be here, the Mariner? So the Jay Buner's like, nah, nah. And then something ekes at him, so he he calls Griffey and is like, hey, you're not gonna believe this. Someone told me that they saw you pumping gas, like driving. And Griffey's like, yeah, I'm done. I, I'm I'm on my way home. And Buner's like, what? Like he's like, what the hell are you talking about? But that's how like what his best friends found out, and then it was like somebody spotted him. You know, it's 2010, so there's cell phones, and so like nowadays someone would have like been taking Take a picture, video, of yeah, yeah, pictures posted on social media. But at the time, the person like, and I'd be like that. I think today still, I'd be like that guy. Like, yeah, I couldn't that can't be yeah. him? Like. It looks just like him, but there's no way. Like, I think the car would have gave it away from me. Like, if he would have had, like, a beautiful sports car, I would have been like, wait a minute. That's got to be him because of the car. Which, from what I heard, is – but if you look at the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. And and depending on – I forget where exactly – he was He was in the middle of the country. So he wasn't, like, in his city, like, where you think, like, associated. Yeah. So I could still be in, like, yeah, you're right, the car. If it's a badass car, it, it tips me, but – it's still like this doesn't make any sense. Like it's not the off season. Yeah, it's yeah. June. Yeah, that would have threw me off though. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, he's he's playing, so there's no way he's here. Like it's not like he's in the minor leagues or something. Like no, he should be in you know Toronto or something right now. So yeah, yeah, it, it's just crazy. And um, the Mariners president Chuck Armstrong was made aware by Griffey's agent a few hours before game time. The next day, so it's um, you know, it's bizarre, but I kind of like it. Like you know, um, Griffey was his own man, despite right. being this iconic guy. He was his own man, and and I I respect him for that. He he was done. He he wanted to go home to be with his family. So I you know you gotta have a lot of respect for King Griffey Jr. for that. But um, he didn't do the retirement tour, and I feel like fans like myself even though you are a Bonds guy, but you're a baseball fan yeah. and you're, you respect Griffey's talent. Absolutely. I think we all, we, we missed out on that. And, and it shows um, he's one of the rare instances of a guy, you know, in the limelight where some people hang on to it and they need it more than it needs them where it was reversed. We needed him more than yeah. he needed the game, honestly. No, that's a great point. That's an absolutely great point. It reminds me of like Barry Sanders, like guys like that, where it's just Jim Brown, you know, the late great Jim Brown. And it's just like, no, when I'm done, I don't need to have this whole parade for me. Like, I, I've done what I've done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I they know they're great. 
you know, so they don't need this whole fanfare. Like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go. And like you mentioned, go with my family, retire, be done. Like, cause you know, when you're done, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he was probably holding on those last couple of years. And yeah, I think he had like 20 home runs or 19 home runs the year before that. And well, he only hit like 214, you know, so that's, that's not Griffey numbers. Like that's not the Griffey we know. And, and you're right. A lot of guys hang on too long and, you know, they, and that's what people remember. Like, you know, the, the, the younger kids see that and they're like, oh, he was a bum. Like, you know, so, um, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm glad he did it that way. If he did it his own way and that made him happy, then I'm glad for that. I'm happy for that. But you're right. Like we did miss out on, on a nice retirement tour, man. And, and that would have been cool to see. Cause again, he definitely deserved it out of a lot of players who get them. He's one that 100% deserved it. Uh, let me ask you, cause I have heard people say this and talked about it. Um, we know that it's been talks about it where the interest from the black community in baseball has dwindled over the years and it's at a really all time low uh, this, yeah. these past few years. And wondering, in your opinion, do you think that plays a part in his legacy, either pro or con? The fact that we have dwindled, the black community has dwindled in its interest, and you don't see black superstars in the game like that now. Do you think that makes his legacy greater, or do you think that's hurt him? No, I think it's. I think it makes it greater. You know, because again, like, you know, who else? Who else can we look at after that? You know, Bonds, obviously, but you know, after that, like, it's 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 Jeter. Jeter, yeah, but I, I don't know how many people look at Jeter like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, and um, and no disrespect to Jeter, and I know in the documentary he he was all mad about that. I don't mean any disrespect, but you know, I I just I think also like it adds to that lore a little bit that I keep talking about, and um, and it is a shame. But I, I just want to go to that point. It is a shame that in communities where Baseball is not a really expensive game to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's not more minorities playing in the game. And and I know baseball tries and, you know, to promote the game. It's just – and I know they're making a lot of changes to the game to make it a little quicker. And, you know, it seems like they're allowing a little more, like, creativity in the game with celebrations and things like that. But it, it 100% is. You know what I'm saying? Because I, when I was growing up, you know, it, it was definitely not like that. And I know when me and you both were growing up, it was it – was, it was not like that. And that, that's because to me, growing up, some of the best players were minority players. You know, if they weren't Hispanic, they were African-American. And if not, they were Caucasian. You know what I'm saying? Like, so or any other race, whatever race they were. But it, it, it's sad. I mean, that, that sucks, man. And I know basketball is like a big part of that. But still, you know what I mean? Like there's I don't think baseball is an expensive game to play. You know, like I, I, I can be wrong, but hey, oh, I look at. Uh, basketball was popular back, but still people were playing baseball. Right. And if you look at basketball, especially post-dream team, but even recently, that's becoming a real international game. Look at, like, who the MVPs have been in basketball. Yeah, the last three. Yeah, it's been – and in Giannis before that. Right. So it's been very, uh, very globalized. But yet you would think then, like, for – America, then would baseball get some of that over this way, but it hasn't really happened. 
Yeah, I don't honestly I I don't know, man. Like I it's a serious situation though. You know what I'm saying? Like and I think it's really hurting the game of baseball. Um because again, like it's not as it's nowhere near as popular as what it used to be and it was like a lot of times when I was growing up, when you were growing up, it's like the first sport you played was baseball. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not, it's not like that anymore. Not at all. And, and I also think what happens is in sports, especially like in youth and like, once you get into like high school before, if you were like a good quarterback or something in high school, you pitched in the summer, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. or in the spring, like you were a good pitcher or you played baseball. Like, you know, you hear stories of a lot of guys who are really good in both sports. Nowadays, mm-hmm. like, they really, like, deter you from playing any other sports because it's like a year-round program now. Like, they're, you're training in the offseason. So, and I know a lot of coaches, like, look, frown upon, like, guys playing basketball, baseball, because, again, they're fear or something, and they get hurt. So, I think that's also a part of it. I think that's mm-hmm. a big part of it, you know, to be honest with you, which is a shame because, again, like, you play other sports, you learn – other skills, you know, that may help you in your primary sport. So um, I think for me that that may be the biggest issue, in my opinion. What do, what do you think? No, I, uh, I think that I think that's a very good point. Like the, the specialization of, of sports where you just playing one and that was preposterous. Yeah. I know when you grew up, when I grew up, it was like you played all of them and it was just depending on what the season was. And you knew what your best sport was, and that didn't matter. It was like, now nah, football, I might be the best football player, but it's done. I'm going to go to wrestling, or I'm going to go to basketball. And then in spring, I'm going to track, or I'm going to baseball. Like, right. It was just like, that's what you did. And now it is like, it, it's hard to find that. I, and, and I think that's a big part of it. I think um, I, it's just weird to me, like this time of year when I was a kid, everywhere you went, in the city or in suburbs, you just saw baseball diamonds and they were packed for a little league game. And there was a lot of like parents and everyone. And then you even had it where like up the next game, it was like, oh, we're waiting for our team. Right. And I don't see that as much in suburbs and in the city, both of them where I, I see some baseball diamond and I never see them packed. It's rare to see them packed. I rarely see people that practice it. It was summertime. It was, every, I couldn't avoid seeing a baseball practice or a game or batting practice. Now it's like, oh, they're playing baseball out there. Cool. Like It's like a nice surprise, which is a shame to me. And and I don't know why that is totally, but that's something, like you said, bringing up the youth is, I feel like I don't have the numbers, but I feel like the youth is is not as strong as it was as 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 far as participation. And then I do think, when I think about baseball, um, in, from the strike on, and then it, you have a little blip with like the uh, with the steroid era and like steroid run with like Sosa McGuire, and then that fell apart from like 2000, 2001 on. It's just non stop negative stories. Yeah. I mean, I think from 2000 now, off the top of the dome, I'm looking at the 04 Sox was a positive thing. Yep. Uh, the Cubs in 2016. And then, I mean, a story that galvanized, like, not just, like, locally, but, like, galvanized everybody. It's hard for me to think, you know, like, Bonds hitting the home. That should have been a huge moment. 
no one talks about that. Like it's just. I think the forgotten. Red Sox were big too. Like when the Red Sox won, finally won. That. Well, I said yeah, oh four, okay, okay, okay. oh four. I'll tell you something. Oh four and. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, oh four Sox and sixteen Cubs, and someone might throw in another one, but those are the two big stories that I felt like everyone was hyped for. Other than that, it's the game's too slow, steroids scandal, um, going Mitchell report going in front of Congress. Uh, this record, asterisk, all these things just keep, that's all you hear is just the negative stories about it, it over and over. It's a shame. It is, man. It's such a great sport. You know, it, it's, it's the hardest sport to play. I don't, you can't, nobody told me anything different, man. And, um, and even like to go back to like the youth part of it too, like I remember like playing until like August, you know what I mean? Like mid August. Now their seasons are done soon. Like by like middle June, end of June, like a lot of these, cause they don't want to play in that heat. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, mm. they weren't worrying about that when we were playing and I'm not trying no, to act no, like, no. you know, I'm not trying to act like, you know, the good old days or anything like that. But like these seasons, like it was like school was done. Like it was like May, March, like April. Like you start like kind of like practicing a little bit. May you start playing, and you played until like July, end of July, man. I, I remember that, and now they, you know, they don't do that. Like, but it was this one league I think I I read about that their season's already done. You know what I'm saying? And it's June, you know, thirteenth already, like only, and it's insane. But um, I agree with you with your point also about baseball and like major league baseball. And again, it was consecutive like scandal after scandal after scandal and black eye after black eye and. You know, again, it, it's a generation of older, like guys who are becoming older, like myself, yourself, my friends, your friends, where we were just talking about it. You know, we grew up in an era where it was like, we can't trust none of it. You know what I'm saying? Except for this guy and a couple other guys that were great. So it's like when a guy hits 54 home runs right now, I'm like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, my first thought is, like, he's not a great home run hitter. It's, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I I don't know if this is legit. Like, and that's a whole generation that's thinking like that. So, like, why would I? I mean, for me, baseball is number one. Like, I love a lot. I love football. I love hockey. I love basketball. But it's always nothing like baseball. There's nothing like October baseball. You know what I mean? Playoff baseball. So, like, for my son, you know what I'm saying? Like, I put baseball on like his radar at a very early age, but I can understand why a lot of parents like don't, you know, a lot of parents, like you said, didn't come back from the strike. You know, a lot of kids didn't like miss out on some baseball. So they started playing basketball. They started playing soccer. You know what I'm saying? Like I get why, you know, they didn't come back to baseball, you know, and then they came back and then these guys were monsters out there playing and in 70 yeah. home runs a year and it's like you didn't want to be a part of that either. And then you find out your favorite players were all taking steroids and they were all cheating. And it's just like, what? Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a part of that. And then after that, like, you know, you had, like you said, 04, 01 Mariners were great, but like they were nothing like at Ichiro and things like that. But like your like top athletes are like basketball players, football players. Then maybe baseball, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, it's sad, man, what's happening to the game. No, and I think that's where um, King Griffey Jr. special, and I think 
they're, they're, he's in that rare air because it's just like due to other circumstances, it's a little bit, but like the way MJ and Gretzky, there won't be another like them, not just the way they play, but the way they're marketed and the way they carry and transcend the sport. I just think there won't be another like King Griffey Jr. And it's, I wish there, I'm glad there's not in a way, but then I wish there was because I think that's what would hook so many people back is like to have that person who just, you can't take your eyes off of them when they're coming up to bat or when they're in the outfield. Right. Mike Trout is great. And as a fan, it's like, yeah, why? But like, I can take my, I don't, I don't run to the TV to see a Mike Trout at bat. Like, right. I'm not going to lie. If you're yeah, walking by, you see it like, oh, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? You got laundry in your hand or something. You got to stop. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of guys that do that today. I mean, there's a couple, no. but not like Griffey and these other guys did. But there's a fl- even Aaron Judge doesn't have the flair, right? Like a Griffey did. Like Griffey just had a flair, and it was just like that swing and just the swing of the bat, and just the way it was sound coming off his bat, and then the way he would just look at it, and the way he just laid the like right off the yeah, swing, yeah. the bat just laid on the floor, like ugh, it, it was so something to sweet. see with him. There's something to see with it. He was a total package, and it's just fun to do this episode with you. And um, I want to hear what people have to think and say. And, and and is Griffey remembered right currently the way he should be remembered? I want to hear the people say yes or no. I know for me it's no. I'm pretty sure for you it's yes, no too. Absolutely. But I want to hear what people Some people may say it's the right amount. But I, I feel like it's not. And I feel like done well, not saying that carries it alone, but I think pumping his legacy and pumping his memory the right way can give a little juice and regenerate baseball's interest and love, honestly. Yeah, no, and it needs it. It needs it for sure. And I know in certain cities it, it probably doesn't, but I think overall, you know, the, the game 100% needs it. And I know baseball is trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know they're trying, like, you know, they implemented like the pitch, you know, like the pitch clock or whatever it's called. And it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely speeding up the game. You got games under like two hours at this point, you know, and it, that's needed, you know, and I, I, I'm not a, like, like I'm a purist, but I'm not opposed to like trying new things, you know what I mean? But I, I whatever, like, I, I just think it's, if whatever, if it's better for the game, then that's, I'm all for it, you know, but you know, the finals are done. Right, like we got a new NBA championship in Denver Nuggets. Congrats to them! And mm-hmm. you know, hockey's about to wrap up. You know, you got NBA draft coming next week, but it's baseball season. You know what I'm saying? Like it's June, middle of June. Balls are going to start flying out of the park now. The warmer weather. It's time. It's time for some baseball, man. You know what I'm saying? And 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 hopefully the season gets a little better because right now it's it's a dud. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a dud, and and it's and, a dud. And I agree, and, and I think uh, hopefully we can kind of get somebody who the next few years can remind us and kind of bring people back in, or a next few people. And not just it can't just be on one guy, but yeah. the next few guys who can kind of pull in that interest. and And I would love to have a legit, like the way you talked about I, Griffey Bonds argument. I, I would love that in the next few years we kind of had that with people again where it's, say, this guy or that guy. And not just like, oh, the pure baseball fans, but Griffey versus Bonds. And baseball had that, you know, like this guy, this pitcher, that pitcher. 
where you could hear that anywhere down the street and people were having that argument. I, I That's my hope for baseball is that we can get back to that where we have that kind of spark again where this player, that player, this pitcher, this team or that team, and it really goes nationwide. Yeah, hopefully, you know, but so. if not, you know, we're on to the next sport. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. We'll be all right. Absolutely. So for the man, the myth, the legend, the kid 2.0, Mr. Jose <laughs> Ruiz, I'm Deremy Dove. Thank you guys for listening to Big in the Game with Deremy and Jose. Take care. Peace.